0: What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Legends of the Tournament podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Christopherson. Every week on this podcast, I'll be talking to players or people who have lived through the highs and lows of tournament time in college basketball. We'll dive into the specific moments, inside stories, and the thoughts and feelings that they had in the midst of these all-or-nothing games. Tournament time in college basketball is, of course, a special time, and on this podcast... We want to highlight the highs and the lows of that experience today on the show we have former kansas state star jacob poland poland finished his career as the all-time leading scorer in kansas state men's basketball history scoring 2132 points in his four-year college career for frank martin and the wildcats but scoring wasn't all he did as he was tasked with guarding some of the best guards in college basketball over his four years at school and was a leader for a K-State basketball program that had a lot of tournament success. Jacob Pullen was a two-time first-team All-Big 12 selection and also a two-time All-Big 12 defensive team selection. He averaged 15.8 points per game for his career, peaking at 20.2 points per game his senior season. His freshman season, the Wildcats were led by Michael Beasley, a future number 2 overall draft pick by the Miami Heat and owner of one of the great freshman seasons in college basketball history. Poland played role player that season to Beasley in a year that saw the 11-seeded Wildcats upset 6-seeded USC before bowing out to 3-seeded Wisconsin. Jacob Poland's sophomore season was a trying one for the Wildcats as they adjusted to life without Michael Beasley. They also welcomed a big-time addition in Miami, Florida transfer Dennis Clemente. That 08 09 season ended in a loss in the second round of the NIT. Jacob Pullen's junior season marked a major jump in team success under coach Frank Martin. Kansas State went 26 7 in the regular season and earned a number two seed in the 2010 NCAA tournament. The Wildcats took care of North Texas and then BYU, who at the time was led by Jimmer Fredette. That set up a huge matchup with six seeded Xavier, a game which proved to be one of the best NCAA tournament games of at least the last 15 years. Narrated by the incomparable Gus Johnson, this game had the type of back-and-forth action that basketball fans only dream about. The dynamic backcourt of Poland and Clemente was matched shot for shot by the equally dynamic backcourt of Jordan Crawford and Two Holloway for the Musketeers. In the end, it was the Kansas State Wildcats pulling out the 101-96 victory in double overtime. Two days later, the Wildcats couldn't quite catch up to the eventual national runner-up Butler Bulldogs in their Elite Eight matchup. 63-56 to 56 final score in favor of Butler, as Kansas State falls just short of the Final Four in 2010. But still, it was a fantastic run for Poland and Kansas State. So going into Jacob Poland's senior season... Things were going to be a little bit tougher for the Wildcats as his backcourt mate, Dennis Clemente, had graduated, so Poland would have to pull even more of the load offensively for Kansas State. The Wildcats would go on to earn on a fifth seed in the 2011 NCAA tournament. In the first round, they narrowly avoided an upset in the always dangerous 5-12 matchup with a close win over Utah State. Then in the next round, they were slated to play number four seeded Wisconsin. In a primetime matchup at guard between Poland and Jordan Taylor of the Badgers, it was Poland who won the battle. But unfortunately for the Wildcats, they lost the war. In Jacob Poland's final game for Kansas State, he scored a K State tournament record 38 points and held Jordan Taylor to 2 for 16 shooting from the field. Now, here to tell us about the journey is legend of the tournament, Jacob Poland. So I'll start first, uh, your freshman year, uh, Kansas State, pretty good. You got a, a star player like Michael Beasley your freshman year. Uh, and you guys end up losing the first game of the conference tournament to a good Texas A&M team. Uh, so I guess first conference tournament, let's start there. Do you remember anything from that that first game?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I remember not not knowing what to expect in the conference tournament because it was it was my first conference tournament and it actually was a big crowd that game for A&M. What were we playing? At? I'm trying to think where we was playing. At. I'm not sure if it was Kansas City or. or yes, or Kansas Texas. City. The, the, it was in Kansas City. Yeah, the, yeah that the was the first time it was in Kansas City. OK, that was the first time I was in the Sprint Center because my sophomore year it was in Texas. No, it was in Oklahoma City. OK, so freshman year, I remember Texas A&M, we beat them by 15 or 20 during the season. And I remember before that game, me and Mike was in the hotel and Mike was like, man, I'm going to have 50 tomorrow. We're going to win the Big 12. And I was like, all right, you know, whatever works for you, bro. Let's do it. Love it. We came out there that first game and we blew that game. And I remember uh, after Mike played so well the first time against him, DeAndre Jordan, Joseph Jones. They had a lot of good bigs back then. Uh, Chip Imanu, I think, was on that bench. They had three or four really good bigs and Mike didn't play great that game. I think he still had 28 and 10 or something, but it wasn't the dominant one that usually helped us win. And I don't think I played well neither. And we ended up blowing that game. But I think that's why we beat USC in the first round of the NCAA tournament because we were so upset that we lost that first game.
0: Yeah. Uh, great lead in there. Your, your first game, uh, you know, despite losing the first game of the conference tournament, you guys are pretty safely in the NCAA tournament and you go and play USC, who had a couple of NBA players of their own, OJ Mayo, Taj Gibson. Uh, what yeah. you guys won by thirteen? What what was that like?
1: That was a big game, that was actually one of my funnest games. Um, I remember, I remember that game because you know Bill had motive because of OJ. Uh, Mike had always had motive, uh, and then you know me also being in that 2007 class, I wanted to play well also. Um, USC was a school that uh, I was like on the fence about because I was kind of interested, but I wasn't sure about Tim Floyd if he actually thought I was good enough. (laughs) So then when we actually got to play them and I played really well that game, I remember having big big moments and big plays that really changed that game. And I remember Mike telling me like, man, when we win the NCAA tournament, you won and done too. (laughs) I I, I like,
0: uh, yeah, it sounds like Michael Beasley certainly had a lot of confidence that season. uh...
1: Mike had more confidence than anybody could ever expect. Mike mentally thought that there was nobody in basketball that could beat him or our team through times. And he didn't ever feel like he had to do it all, even though he did it all a lot of games. (laughs) He didn't ever feel like he had to do it all. He never came to us like, oh, y'all got to do more. It was always, I'll do more if something was wrong.
0: And that's why we
1: were so good my freshman year. We were able to be ranked most of the season and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and and Michael Beasley had one of the better freshman years we've seen in the last...
1: I I would say that that's the best freshman year ever. Like, uh, other than Carmelo, because he won a championship that year, so that kind of topped his year off as saying that he was the best player in college and being a freshman. But if you look at statistics and actual dominance, there hasn't been a freshman like Michael Beasley before that can score the ball at that efficient rate, rebound the ball at that high rate, and just really do everything... Mike was, Mike was amazing, and, and seeing it firsthand, I thought when I first got there that like maybe he wasn't going to be as good, but just seeing him dominate and practice every day and how easy it looked, there, there, there won't be no. – and Kevin, like I said, Kevin Durant was the year before, mm-hmm. so everybody was, was looking at Mike to be like Kevin Durant, but to me, Mike was more dominant than Kevin. Kevin had amazing games in college. He used to put up – he would have 35 and 38, but so Mike did it every night. Mike was giving you 30 and 20 almost every night.
0: Yeah, it was truly unreal to to watch that and and college basketball was really, I mean you you mentioned your class. I mean that was a loaded class oh, of, 07, of I think that was
1: probably the best class. I think 07 I, to be honest with you. and I was a fan of 06 and I, and I'm a basketball fan. I've watched basketball since I was a kid. So the 2001 Eddie Curry deep Brown. I mean uh will will Bynum class. I was a fan of 2003, so I know the classes. I honestly think 2007 from top to bottom might have been one of the best classes ever. We had, we had dudes going one and done and going playing in the NBA that was, like, number 76 or something, 65 in our class. We had our top 10 was, like, Michael Beasley, Derrick Rose, Kevin Love, Eric Gordon, O.J. Mayo. Um,
0: Westbrook? Was Westbrook? No, Westbrook was 0,
1: 05. 0, 06, he was the year before us. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm missing some more top picks that I just can't think of. Bill was top 10. Um, I don't think Anthony Randolph was top 10. We had so many guys. I would have to look at it, but I'm sure that our, first, our top 10 was lottery picks.
0: Yeah. And Wisconsin, then that, all. That, that made for a really competitive college basketball season. And you mentioned, so you guys go and beat Taj Gibson, OJ Mayo and USC. Then you guys run into a really Wisconsin. good Wisconsin
1: team. Yeah. Brian Butch, Trevon Hughes, uh, I didn't think Trayvon Hughes was that good on film, and I underestimated him. He wore my ass out. Of me. That was one of the first times in college that I had got like this. Somebody really just made me feel like I wasn't I wasn't as good as he was.
0: Yeah, at and, that and, look, time. and looking at the box score, yeah, Trayvon Hughes twenty five points in that one. Uh, oh, they had man. they had a, a real good a real good team overall. Uh, you know, uh, Michael Flowers, Brian Butch, as you mentioned, John Luer end up playing in the NBA. John Luer, that's my class 07. So, a, a real strong uh, 31 and four, Wisconsin was going into that game. Uh, Pete
1: Nakevich, they had a really good team.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and for, for you guys, it was, it was a disappointing end. Uh, close first half, uh, got end up losing by 17. Great. Do you remember what kind of change, maybe?
1: Uh, they started to the double Mike, and we didn't make shots. Bill wasn't playing great. And like I said, for us being a young team with mostly freshmen, other than a few guys that kind of played that were upperclassmen, when we started not playing great, it was as as young kids, we could lose confidence and the game could get out of hand. And that's what happened against Wisconsin. That game got out of hand. And like I said, Trayvon Hughes really was just having his way with me, pick and roll, isolation, drawing fouls. I remember after the game watching that film with my oldest brother and telling him, like, man, I couldn't do nothing with him that day.
0: (laughs) Uh, really, an, an underrated player in 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 college basketball at the time. For sure,
1: he had a, he had a great career at Wisconsin.
0: Uh, absolutely. Uh, if it was any consolation, uh, Wisconsin would get blown out in the next game against Steph Curry and Duke or, uh, Davidson, which me.
1: I think we would have gave them a better game because we were more athletic and we would have been able. We switched a lot of stuff, so we would have been able to guard Steph better than in that tournament. But it still was Steph, so he could have hit us for forty as well. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, that would have been a, a tremendous – I mean, I know they wouldn't have matched up against each other, but – It would have been a great
1: team matchup, Michael Beasley and Steph Curry's team for sure. Absolutely. It would have been great to see.
0: Then uh, but so after then, that
1: freshman year, I really understood college basketball more, and I, and I thought to myself then that, that since I, I knew that I didn't have a chance to go to the NBA because I didn't play great at the end of the season, I, I knew that I was going to come back and get better and that I wanted to dominate and win in the tournament. I, I knew that I wasn't that I had a goal was to win games in the NCAA tournament and prove a point after that season. That really hurt my feelings, how Treyvon Hughes did me that that tournament.
0: Yeah, some some fuel for your for your fire there. For and sure.
1: After playing good against OJ Mayo USC, I was on a high horse and for him to just come out and destroy me like that.
0: Mm, yeah, that's that's the motivation for sure. And to go into the next season then uh, you know, Michael Beasley leaves for the NBA, so it's a little different look of a team. You had kind of started and come off the bench your freshman year, but now you're going to be a full-time starter. And uh, so that would, that's a bit of a transition. Uh, as, in terms of the season, though, you guys aren't able to make the NCAA tournament. You end up losing uh, a close conference tournament game to Texas and, uh, and then eventually making the NIT. Uh, what do you remember from that season?
1: I remember that was a, me and Clemente had to learn how to play together. I remember thinking to myself, we had times during that season where we beat ourselves because me and Clemente couldn't figure it out together. It, one of us would be playing well and the other one would be so eager to play well that we wouldn't let the other one get them into the game like we learned how to do my junior year. Hmm. We would do stuff like, you know, if Clemente, was ha- if I was having a 25-point 20, game, he might take a couple bad shots because he wants to get involved in the game. And it could throw us out of that game. Like we lost a lot of close games that year. We lost a close one to Kansas. We lost a lot of close games that year. And I think that us losing that much and Frank telling us that we would never be able to win unless we learned how to play together that summer, we got so dominant that that's how we were able to have a good year that next year. Because that summer we we worked out so much together and played pickups so much together that if we were on the same team during the season for practice or or like pre pre workouts pickups and stuff that nobody else could win like we we couldn't be on the same team together in practice and in, and in stuff like that that's how good we got together because of that season so my sophomore year was really a learning curve for me and him because it wasn't just Mike Beasley anymore where he just him the ball he makes everything easy because you have to double and stuff like that it was like no we have to create for the other guys and still score 20 plus points for us to have a chance at winning so that first part we didn't understand. That. It was like, well, I'm gonna get mine and he gonna get his, and if we win, that's cool. And we didn't win a lot doing that.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Kind of, yeah, go talking about like the the learning experiences, learning how to play with and without Michael Beasley, learning how to play with Dennis Clemente. He, Man, that's what I, I mean, say. It was,
1: it was just it was it was night and day for me because you know playing with him and Bill is basically just throw the ball in the air and you almost get an assist, or you, you, even a bad shot is an assist because they're gonna get the rebound. They both jumping 30 feet in the air, 30 in 30, 30 verticals, 40 in verticals. So yeah. it was like it wasn't a bad pass or a bad shot at that year. But then, like I said, playing with him, is like now I have to get other people involved and still score while being efficient. So we had to learn how to do that. And like I said, at the beginning of the season and most of that season, we couldn't do it. It was just hard for us to do it. And like I said, it took us that whole summer. It took us losing my whole sophomore year and that whole summer for us to realize, like, you know, we we need each other. We make each other better. And I think my junior year, we got out the gate and we showed that right away.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, you, you did have one, uh, I wanted to mention the 32-point game you had in the first NIT game, uh, kind of a standout individual performance for you as you were yeah. sort, more of a role player the, the, the first uh, year, the first tournament run, and then obviously kind of taking more of the reins that sophomore year, even though there was some you know, ups and downs, as you mentioned. Uh you just tell about there.
1: the Illinois State game? Yeah. My mom yeah. went to Illinois State oh wow yeah then <laughs> there's some uh she called me before the game and she told me um she actually bet me on the game and say that if if i win she'll uh cook a meal that i like uh, i can't even remember i think it was enchiladas she was like i'll make enchiladas for all of y'all if you win and if you lose i got i had to do something for her i'm not sure if it was driver around or it was something something that i just competitively didn't want to do and when we played Illinois State, I had a friend on the team, Osiris Eldridge. And I remember in the first half, he told a guy on his team, like, the guy said something to me, but I missed a shot. And he was like, oh, he suck anyway. And Osiris was like, no. Nah. he's like, leave him alone. He was like, that's not the guy you bother like that. <laughs> and then the dude said something else, and I got a hand one, And I told Osiris, I said, this is going to be a long night for him now. And then the second half, I made a lot of threes. And every three, I turned around and looked at him. I think he fouled out in overtime. And every time I scored, I would look at him on the bench and tell him it's his fault.
0: <laughs> and i love i love that uh osiris had said no no don't don't wake up the dog you know like this yeah. is the wrong so, dude you know,
1: osiris from the same place we know each other for a long time so he tried to warn him <laughs> he did try to warn him
0: i love it i love it well so we mentioned the, the up and down sophomore year so then going into the to junior year you guys are, are back uh in the ncaa tournament first of all uh though in the conference tournament, you get a couple of wins. You hadn't been able to win in the conference tournament those first two years. You guys beat Oklahoma State, you beat Baylor, end up losing to uh, number one Kansas. Obviously, a very good Kansas team. Uh, do you remember that run in the conference tournament?
1: We couldn't beat Kansas all year. Kansas was uh, just a tough matchup for us physically with Cole All. Because we were so we were athletic and fast and tough, but we weren't that big. We didn't have just a we didn't have a seven foot one dominant dude down there. And Cole Aldrich, uh, I mean Sharon Collins, of course, but Cole Aldridge used to give us problems, man. He really, he really bothered us as a team as far as rebounding and blocking shots and stuff. But uh that though that game and that is the uh that Big 12 tournament was really good for us. Uh that Baylor game was really tough. Baylor was a really good team that year. They were top 25 all season with Lace Dunn and Tweety Carter. Um, they had FA Udo who went lottery. Yeah, I, they, had a really, they had a really good team that year, and I remember that, that game was tough. And I remember after that game, I thought that we had a chance at beating Kansas because we were just in a really good rhythm going into going into that game. But I didn't play well in the first half, and when you don't play well against Kansas, when I didn't play well against Kansas, we don't have a chance. I think that might be the only game in my career, other than the second time we played in my freshman year, that I didn't score 20-plus on in Kansas. Mm, interesting.
0: Well, and, and you mentioned you mentioned Baylor. that. That that was a really good Baylor team. They went to the Elite Eight. Uh, yeah, that
1: was, that's what I'm saying. That Baylor team was ranked all season. We beat them at Baylor that year. I hit a I hit two free throws to beat them at Baylor that year. That team was really good. Like they got after it just as tough as us.
0: Yeah, to, to have to have you guys as good as you were that that season, Baylor, Kansas. I mean, uh, it is funny though. Texas, uh,
1: Texas was top ten that year as well.
0: Texas, yeah, and uh, uh, a really great Big Twelve tournament. You guys fall just short. Of the, the championship, but you're in good, you're in a good uh spot come the NCAA tournament. Uh, you guys, yeah, get we a, figured we would get a
1: two or three seed because of that. Because we have been we was top five going into the tournament, I think we had lost to Kansas at Kansas, I think we were number five.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and exactly. And then you get the uh two seed in the tournament. Uh, you know, the first first round game, you get you take care of North Texas. Uh, I want to get to the next game, you guys play BYU. And you have a yes. big, That's you have a big, game. you have a big time game against Jimmer Fredette, who of course would win National Player of the Year the next season.
1: You know, know the funny thing about if you look at if you look at me throughout my career, you look at the games. Whenever I actually had an opportunity to match up with guys that people thought were better than me, I usually got after them at some point. And most of the times throughout the throughout period, I always took the the best team's best player, like the next team's best player. I always felt like that was my challenge. My junior year. I people talk about my offense, but defensively, I think that was the best year I ever had. I guarded everybody and I probably took the ball from everybody at half court from Sharon mm-hmm. Collins to Avery Bradley, whoever was in, whoever was dribbling the ball that year. I took the ball from them. My junior year, I really got after everybody defensively. And I think that's what made my offense go a lot easier, too, because I was so aggressive defensively. But that Jimmer game, I talked to I talked to my middle brother. Um, the night before that game and, and he sat on the phone with me Because <laughs> I was watching a film on Jimmer And I told him, I said, he always goes uh, Left to right, always I was like, he just loved that move I was like, and when he gets in the paint He shows the ball I was like, I can't jump all night And he told me, he was like, every time you jump Or every time he crosses over left to right and beats you He was like, you owe me 50 push-ups And he was like, I'm going to call you after the game And you're going to have to do it. So that whole time before that game was, And the crazy part about it is Me and Frank got into an argument before the game
0: Really about what? About me guarding Jimmer. Oh, that he, he didn't want you he, to guard Jimmer.
1: He didn't want me to guard Jimmer. He didn't want me to start on Jimmer, and I didn't start on Jimmer. That's why I said we had a whole argument because we, the the game before we played them, um, I don't forget Kansas was playing. Yeah, Kansas lost to be uh, to North Iowa, and he put the matchups on the board. We went out there like we was about to go out or whatever, and like the pre warm up. And when we came back in, it was me and him, and I told him, I said, I want Jimmer. I was like, from the start, I don't want to let this get out of control. I want him. I don't want him to get high. He was like, no. Nah. He was like, I don't want you on him to start the game. Let's put Dom on him for length. And Dom was a great defender as well. And, again, that's why we were so good because between me, Dom, Jamar, and Kirk Kelly, we got after people. We can we can take away passing lanes. We can, they could block shots. We was like we were really good defensively. And I didn't have a problem with Dom guarding him. I just wanted him. I didn't think Dom couldn't guard him or anything like that. I wanted him. So Frank say no, we'll come back in there. I tell him like I want him. he get mad. I, I, I know what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. We start the game down 10-0. And I remember <laughs> when he called the timeout, I walked in the huddle. I said, Can I have the motherfucker now? <laughs> he, told me, he said yes. He said, You can have him. And after after that point, I chased him down the whole night. I remember every time, anytime he thought that I wasn't next to him, I was behind him, breathing in his ear.
0: <laughs> I love it. I mean, I that's that's got to be up there for one of your best all-around games, if, if I'm looking at for it sure. right, because you're talking about gu- guarding, guarding Jimmer for dead, obviously a, a, a tough guard, and holding him to 21, which, I mean, he was going to get points, but 21. He's, he's
1: going to score. That's, the thing is, with people like that, they're going to score. They're too good a basketball player. They work on their craft too well to, to just completely stop them from doing anything. The thing is to contain them and make them uncomfortable. That's one of the things that I had learned. That if you can make somebody uncomfortable where they're guessing what you're going to do, then they're not thinking that they have the advantage on you. And as an offense, as somebody that really scores the ball and loves offense, I always think I have the advantage on you. <laughs> yeah. Every time I touch the ball and somebody's guarding, me, I believe that I have the advantage, unless you send in another player. <laughs> to this day, I still tell people all the time on my team that like, if you leave me on the island, I'm going to score. I'm going to at least get a shot.
0: And you, <laughs> so you, you're going to at
1: least get a shot.
0: You scored a lot in this one. You scored 34 in uh in the matchup against Jimmer, hit seven threes and uh and you guys uh beat BYU double digits, 84 72. So after that you said you started out the the game down 10 nothing uh when kind of uh you know, whooped By them half from the time there. We was up
1: 20, I think. <laughs> we after that timeout, yeah. Frank called the timeout. Clemente was upset, I was upset and I, and we told the guys like, "We I'm not I told him, I'm not going home this early again." So we picked it up and everybody picked it up defensively and offensively. And we made a run. They weren't able to match it in the second half. We just kept the pressure. So we were able to walk out of there with a double digit lead and get ready for the next game, which I knew was going to be a tough one.
0: Yeah. Well, and all that work that you guys put in in the offseason from the, the rocky sophomore year. I mean, sure. that's that's one of those games. It's like, no, this is what we worked all off season for. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and to get said, Once this, we got the lead, we were able to to, to really just keep the pressure on it and understand like that. That was part of the the veteranship though that we had on that team with the Jamar, the Dom, the Denny's. We had a, we had young guys, Wally, Rodney, Magruder, and a lot of them guys. But the the older guys, we knew like this is what we work for. This is this is a time where we don't let up.
0: Absolutely. And and you mentioned then you were gonna have a really tough game against. Uh, in the Sweet 16 against Xavier. And yeah. I, let me just say, before we even get into it, that, that game, one of the best tournament games that I can remember watching. And for a lot of people, they feel the same way. An absolute classic game. Uh, I'm sure you've probably gone and looked at the highlights since then. Gus Johnson is a legend for that game for some of the calls he was making. And and the plays that you and, and Dennis Clemente were making on the other side to Holloway, Jordan Crawford. Boy, Crawford. I man. mean... Unbelievable matchup uh, in that one. You guys win it in double overtime, 101 96. I mean, give me, give me what you got from that game. That, that game was unbelievable.
1: Hell of a game, man. It's, that's my favorite game that I've ever played in, by far. People always be like, oh, that's your best game. And they're like, no, that's not my best game. That's my favorite game. That's, that was by far one of the funnest games. And as it was unfolded, as, as, as shots were being made by people on that court, I was thinking to myself, like, wow. Like this shit is never going to end. And I, and I didn't know who I remember in the, I want to say it was the second overtime. I think me and George Crawford standing next to each other. And he was like, man, you going to miss. And I was like, motherfucker, you going to miss. And he was like, I'm going to miss with you miss. I was like, well, we're going to be here all night. And I remember Like they, they just made every play. Anytime we will make a play between him and two that came down and made a play. Even Dante Jackson and Jason love. Like they had guys, Jamel McLean, they had guys that was like, man, again, they had a team like us, upperclassmen guys that was like, Man, we don't want to lose. So unless you're gonna beat us, we're not gonna lose. We're not gonna beat ourselves. We're gonna make plays. And you gotta make plays to beat teams like that. I remember uh in the beginning, I got a foul trouble, I think, in the third, in the second beginning of the second half. I picked up some early fouls. I sat for a minute, and I remember when I got back out there, I really didn't feel like I had a rhythm. I was I missed some shots. And I remember uh, Clemente, I called him Chico all the time. I remember Chico walked over to me, and he was like, just give me the ball. He was like, I got us for a minute. He went through He went through a real phase where I was like, wow. He got a four-point play. He made two floaters, got an assist. Uh, he just really kept us in the momentum. And overtime, Jamar Samuels and Kirk Kelly. first overtime, Jamar Samuels and Kirk Kelly got us to the second overtime. Jamar yeah. got two post plays in the and one. Kirk got two dunks in the block shot. Like, they got us to the second overtime. And then at the end of the second overtime, we couldn't find any offense. And I told Frank to to give me some screens and I'll make a shot. And I made the first one. And before he could call anything else, Chico was like, run it again. Run it again. I told him, I said, he cheating. And that's when I was getting ready to run through the baseline. And I saw Dante Johnson over my left hand shoulder. I saw him run past me, basically, to, like, beat me off the stagger. And I just shot to the top of the key. And Chico did a good job of dribbling over some. Because if not, his man would have been able to just jump to me. He dribbled over some and I got a wide open look at the top of the key and I remember thinking to myself, "I matter of fact, I remember in the end of the first half and when I made the last shot on two Holloway, the Hezzy pool I remember thinking to myself that the game was over and I looked in the crowd and told my dad, I was like shit over <laughs> 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 and they came, two came down and got fouled and made three free throws and I was sad, <laughs> at that point I was like damn, we might lose I thought the game was over, I thought I did enough to win it and now I was like damn, it might be a tough one but that was that was one of my favorite games ever. Cause everybody on that floor wanted to win, and it wasn't the coaches. Was great. Chris Mack, Frank, they were great. But at the same time, it, it was nothing that they could draw up or nothing that they could do to make the make Jordan Crawford make a shot from twenty eight feet at the end of the shot clock.
0: <laughs> oh, that unbelievable, unbelievable. I mean, uh, just both teams leaving it out on the floor. It was clear just watching it. I mean, uh, that that it was it was so evenly matched every ounce of effort possible given out there. And then just so many unbelievable shots being made. I mean, uh, like I said, one of the, one of the all time classics, you knew it uh, at the time that it was an all time classic. And I, I believe it was uh, later at night too, which I think it was the last game.
1: It was the last game that night. Cause when we ended it, we didn't, this how I, we used the last game and we, finished the game and when we finished media, we didn't get back to the hotel time. It was twelve thirty-one. And I remember we had film at like 1 We had to watch Butler because we had to play them in a day and a half, basically. But after being up all night, we only had that next day to practice and we had to play them. And we had the first game the next day.
0: Mm. That's tough. Well, that's a good lead into then. Did that, that game against Xavier affect Your game, the next game against Butler, because obviously, great Butler team. As
1: a a competitor, no, I can't say that it did. As a competitor at twenty, at the age I'm at now, and knowing how my body felt (laughs) at twenty-one, no, I cannot say that playing two overtimes should have should affected me me for the next game. I should have played better. I can't get that excuse. And Butler was a really good team. Me giving that excuse would make it seem like Butler wasn't good that year, and that was not a fluke. That team had good players on it from Gordon Hayward to Shelvin Mack to Matt Howard, to the little guard, Ronald Norris, who played like they had guys, again, upperclassmen guys that did their job. Guys played defense, guys made shots. Willie Bestley, he was from Chicago. I remember him. Played great. Rebounded the ball, made big plays. He was their version of Dominique Sud for us. Like he made big plays that game. And we didn't. The night before we, we did that night. I missed a, a, a three to uh, after an offensive rebound that would have put us up four. Dom missed the dunk. Like, we just didn't make the plays that we were making the night before. And I can't say it was fatigue because we shouldn't have been that fatigued. Like I said, we worked all summer for that. We just didn't make them. Like I said, Bullard was really good that year, and they showed it. They, they beat teams after us. They didn't just beat us and <laughs> lose. And they beat teams before us. They beat some good teams before us that year. They had a good tournament.
0: Yeah, I, I, mean, I
1: honestly think that if we don't go in a double overtime, though no, I do think we win only because I think mentally as a team, we don't think we tired at the end or we don't look for a cop out. I think we fresh. We win that game in 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 regulation. We go into that next game and we beat Butler. But I think the double overtime might affected us mentally.
0: Well, and that's that's something about the NCAA tournament. Sometimes it's the luck of the draw who you who you end up playing, and you guys have to play a a team like Xavier in the Sweet Sixteen. Not a, I mean that's that's tough right there. I mean, and then to have sure. to play B- Butler right next, I mean that's a. That's I think a- if we
1: beat Butler, we we win the championship though, because I think at that year I think we had a matchup that that could beat Duke because John Shire and Nolan Smith would have had to guard me and Clemente, and I think that other than that Baylor team that they play. They never had to guard a backcourt that was as dynamic as them, mm, that, and that's athletic wise and big wise, we matched up well. We had Curtis Kelly, Wally Judge. We had enough bodies to throw at the Plumlee brothers, and we had Don for Cal Singler. We had Rodney off the bench. Like we had enough that I felt like defensively we could have guarded them and made them uncomfortable, and offensively we could have competed.
0: Yeah. Well, and in the end though, a great season, nonetheless made it to the elite eights, losing to the eventual uh, runner, national runner up Butler, a tremendous season. Then that brings us to then your final season, your senior season. You guys have another good team. And uh, this time a fifth seed uh, in the NCAA tournament. I guess first though, the conference tournament, do you remember anything from that conference tournament?
1: My senior year, we lost to Colorado. We lost to uh, we couldn't in that year. We couldn't beat Colorado, and that's funny. <laughs> they didn't make the tournament that year, and they had a great team. They ended up with with two NBA players and a high Euro League player. They had a uh, Corey Higgins, Alec Burke, and um, Andre Robeson. No. <laughs> they had a really good team. They beat us three times a year at home and at the gym. So, the the crazy part about losing them in the tournament was that every time we played them. I would guard whichever one would get hot, and then the other one would get hot. So I would start off with Alec Burke and then he would have eight, nine points at half. Corey Higgins would have 18 at half. I would go guard Corey Higgins the second half. Alec Burke would finish with 25, and Corey would finish with 22. So it's like I couldn't get a break with them two because they both were so dynamic that we couldn't guard them. And, And they beat us all three times. They legitimately beat us. It wasn't a fluke.
0: And just one of those, just a, a tough matchup, just just, uh, yep. it's just something about them that didn't really work out. So then you still get the five seed in the NCAA tournament. You guys play a real tough game against uh, Utah State, who was kind of a trendy upset pick that year, thought that they yeah. – you know, people thought but they was, could beat you guys. The, the,
1: problem, the problem that I had with people thinking that, that they would upset us is that we had played so well going into the tournament. We started the year off bad, and going into the tournament, we, was, we were playing great. Right. We beat Texas at Texas, beat Kansas – we had one like I think our last six or seven, or five five out of six Big Twelve games. Missouri, we beat ranked teams. So for people to think that Utah State was going to upset us just because we lost to Colorado, and I was sick. I remember really being upset about that and going out there and really trying to beat them. But they they had a good team as well. They had a lot of guys. They had upperclassmen. So I didn't think they were going to be an easy game. But but I knew that we had uh, we should have win that game, and it shouldn't have been a bad challenge for us.
0: Yeah, so some recency bias, I think, from the media there where they see that sure. you guys lose to a team that maybe they don't see as quite as good, like Colorado and uh, Utah State, You know, kind of a mid-major who is looking pretty good. Uh, like you said, a good game, though. Uh, you guys win by just five, but uh, a, win, a win's a win. You, got, uh, you played pretty well uh, with 22 points, and uh, you get the win, and then you have to face... A a familiar, a familiar foe in Wisconsin, a, a team that beat you your freshman year. What do you remember about the matchup your senior year?
1: I was like I said, I was sick the day I was very sick, like like had the flu. I want to say the day before the Utah State game and the day I was sick for the Utah State game. And I remember I was I was not feeling hundred percent, but I remember telling Frank, at playing Wisconsin, like, hey, I'm I'm gonna be okay. I wouldn't play the whole damn game. I don't want to lose to Wisconsin again. I was like, I lost to them before. I do not want to lose to them again. And then I remember waking up the morning for a shoot-around or practice the day before the game, and I saw an article that said Jordan Taylor was the best guard and one of the best guards in the country. And, again, same as the type of gym reaction. And it was like uh, he's uh, all-American is. And I – uh, I don't know, not sure which brother I was on the phone with this time. My senior, I don't know if it was my middle or my older brother, but I remember being on the phone with one of them and saying, "How do I keep getting disrespected? Like I scored thirty points, I was like my team could be awful, and then I, I when we get back to the tournament, I was like I never get the type of recognition I think I deserve." And he was like, "So what you gonna do?" And I was like, "I gotta go kill him. And he was like, uh, "That's all you." <laughs> He's like, "That's all you can do." He was like, "You gotta really kill him though." And I remember from the start of that game, I wanted Jordan Taylor net. I was like, every play, I wanted to score on him or I wanted to take the ball from him. And at halftime, I remember I got in foul trouble going into the half, but I think I had like 20. And it was crazy as I was close to breaking the record, but I kept telling people that whole time beforehand, no one tell me when I need to break the record or what like, what like how many points away I am because I don't want to think about that shit. I don't want to be thinking like, oh, I need five points or 16 points next game to break the record. And now I'm stuck at 14 trying to do some shit because I just want the record. And this I, was I, the... I the career scoring the record, day. yeah, this career scoring record for K State, and I remember the before the game, the media was trying to get ad, tell me how much I needed. I remember even my uh my pops had told me like, "Oh, you real close," and I was like, "Ah, I don't want to hear that shit." I was like, <laughs> "I want to win." I was like, "I don't care. I want to beat Wisconsin. I hate Wisconsin. Bo Ryan all of the fuckers. I want to beat Wisconsin." <laughs> so I remember, like I said, at halftime. I had like twenty. I think I had like twenty or something at halftime, and I remember thinking to myself. If I if I score 50, 40, I gotta break the record. I was like, I'm no, I'm sure I'm not that far. I was like, so I just gotta get 40 and win this game, and everybody happy. I get the record, we get the win. And I remember in the second half of that game, Wisconsin started making shots from guys like Gosser and Um Keaton start making threes, John Lord. like everybody. They was extra, extra pass. They would get an offensive rebound, run the clock out again, then make a three. So every play, every time I thought I made a big enough play to give us a lead or whatever, and I was in foul trouble second half. Every time I thought us, I, I thought I could secure something so that we would be safe enough to win. Somebody on their team made a big play, and that was just them being a good team.
0: Yeah, and it's tough if you get behind Wisconsin. It's tough to come back. Sure.
1: Yeah, they drag that game out. Any offensive rebound, it's another thirty-five seconds. Like, like I said, and. <laughs> The last story, bro. i tell you this story. This story breaks my heart because we had practice the day before, and Frank has this drill called uh, – is it six – no, it's four on four plus one. Is it four on four plus one we were doing, or is it six on four screen? It's four on four plus one because it's five on four, and you got to get a stop. <clears throat> so we do this drill all year, and basically – it's four defensive players or five offensive players, and they get to swing the ball around with a shot clock, and they got to get a shot, and you got to get three stops in a row or two stops in a row to get out of the drill. I can't remember if it was two or three stops, but your four has to get those stops. Like, you got to secure rebound. You got to scramble, take a charge as a stop, like get a deflection out of bounds as a stop. You got to do that. So we do this. We literally do a warm-up for practice, and we start this practice the day before this game with this drill. And my team is on the defensive side of this drill. And in the NCAA tournament, when you practice, they put the clock up for how long you get, like 57 minutes, 65 minutes or whatever. Literally, my team got caught in this drill for the entire practice. Nobody on the team missed a shot against us. They kept stats. They literally went, like, I want to say 27 for 28 from three. Nineteen for twenty from two. We did not. I was three guys on my team, and we did not get out. Everybody else on that team didn't miss a shot. The next day in the game, nobody on the team made a shot, but Curtis Kelly until the end of the game.
0: Mm. That's that's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. And and uh I yeah just to get just to get to the stats, you kind of referred to like your game and your motivation. You scored thirty eight points in thirty two minutes. So like you said, foul trouble. You, you weren't able to. Maybe play is the amount of minutes you were hoping for. And Jordan Taylor on the other side, two for 16 from the field. He had just 12 points. And uh, I, I would say really dominated that matchup. I mean, no doubt uh, in that one. Unfortunately, you know, uh, Wisconsin just a little too much in that one. Kind of a, a heartbreaking end to, to Man, I,
1: if we didn't have that practice the day before them dudes did not miss any shots to go out there to make, not make any shots the next day, I would not have been so hurt in the locker room Mm -hmm. after that game. I wouldn't, if, if, you know, if I played bad and we lost, you know, it's on me and that's fine. Like I can live with that. I didn't, I didn't show up tonight, but nobody making a spot shot for me this night. Man, it hurt it so bad. I was like, oh, all I needed was somebody to make a couple threes. If Ryan hit a couple threes, Will Stradley, mm. anybody, just make a couple shots that that makes them stop doubling and stuff like that. And we couldn't, couldn't buy a basket today after that type of practice.
0: Couldn't quite do it. And uh, but it, it in, in the end, uh, a tremendous tournament career for, for you and tremendous obviously overall career at Kansas State. Um yeah, you know, I, I, I It was fun, man. It, yeah. was, it, was a, it
1: was a childhood dream, man. I got to live it out, man. I, I grew up watching Mike Bibby and Mal Simon in Arizona and all of the guards in the Big Ten from D. Brown and all of those dudes. So being able to play – I watched so many tournaments to be able to play in it and, and have success in it. You know, of course the NBA was a dream and stuff like that, but that was really like – I didn't watch the NBA as much because I didn't have cable as a kid, so – because college basketball came on channel two on CBS. So I got to watch the tournament all day. We, me and my brothers would sit in the house and watch that and, and big team basketball all the time. So
0: yeah. Playing in the NCAA tournament, is living out a dream for sure. Well, Jacob Poland, thank you so much for joining the legends of the tournament podcast. Thanks for listening in to the legends of the tournament podcast. A reminder that you can follow the show on Twitter at L O T T podcast. And you can email us at legends of the tournament at gmail.com. And thank you to Blue Wire Hustle for hosting the podcast. I'm Ryan Christophson, and you have been listening to the Legends of the Tournament podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network.